Top Shelf Fantasy. It's podcast 113. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Sorry. Oh, boy. (laughs) Shit's going to get weird, baby. Trade deadline weekend. Yeah, so... We, we we got Baldy on with us, one of the, the TSF bug burners. Yes, what's up, boys? Excited to be here. We got a, a big trade deadline party after this. Yeah, special edition, <laughs> special edition tonight. Last year was huge. We had a bunch of trades. Uh, we'll see if it happens this year. Yeah, I'm sure it'll happen this year. Between the four leagues that all of us are in together. So. A little, uh, Something little li- will, liquid yeah. courage for Something those trades to be pushed through. I bet that I end up slapping Mango by the end of the evening with his bullshit trade offers he's been sending me. I can't wait for... So the, the way Monty that, for Kamara. Oh, he's oh. so high on Monty, too. Oh, my um, God. That'll be fun. So, yeah. Um, but first, before we get into all that trade stuff and, and get that podcast going, we have our weekly stat little segment. Uh, go over some news for week 10. Um, and then a couple start and sits. Two trade start sits. Uh, I should probably say who we are, huh? We're Top Shelf Fantasy. TopShelfFantasy.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Top Shelf FNTSY. Shout out to uh, Pros with Joes. Yeah, big. Starting up a Twitter storm. Yeah, big follow train today. I don't know who started that. Matthew Berry. Matthew Berry started that. Matthew Berry started that. Oh, you know what? I did. I looked at it and he said follow Friday or something like that. Yeah, follow Friday. And then uh, then Pros with Joe's got on with which has like 55 professionals in fantasy football tagged a bunch. And it just lit Twitter on fantasy Twitter on fire. So. All right, awesome. We'll and we go check that and out. we finally got followed by our sponsor or not our sponsor, our uh, our charity, <laughs> Rise, our charity, Rise, 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 Rise MA. Yeah, <laughs> we so. look out for you, Rise Mass. Um, yeah, I appreciate that you're uh, finally following us back. Don't watch any videos with beer in it. Yeah, you know, that's whatever. Just, that's, that's fun. We're we're a bunch of twenty somethings, thirty somethings, becoming thirty somethings. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, Craig, you want to run through the uh, the news we got real quick? All right, most upsetting, uh, especially for myself is Devonta Freeman suffered a setback in practice this week and has been placed on the IR. Uh, so his earliest availability is week 13, I believe. Um, there's a chance that it might be week 14 if they don't put him on the IR prior to the game this weekend, which I would hope that they would do, but more Wayne Gallman. Um, Mark Ingram practiced for the first time since his injury, so that could complicate a few things. I don't expect him to play, but there is optimism from the team. Joe Mixon did not practice all week again and it does not appear that he's going to be playing uh zach taylor kind of shut down the question right away when he was asked about joe mixon's availability so that doesn't sound too good again for him look for more geo matt Breida is back at practice with his big news because i know that uh we all kind of wanted him to do well with miles gaskin out for his ir stint david johnson out again with a concussion justin jackson out again with his knee injury debo samuel is out again for the 49ers but there is word that both him and Mostert will be playing after next week's bye, which is good news for a lot of Mostert owners. Damian Harris is expected to play with a chest injury that he suffered last week. We don't know what capacity he's going to be playing in. He will not talk about what the injury is, which is a little bit interesting. Uh, And Kenny G has not practiced again with the same hip injury that's been bothering him all season long. It does not look good for the rest of the season so far. 
Uh, David Montgomery is still out of practice as well with a concussion, but there is no update on his availability this Sunday. And then Golden Tate hurt his knee in practice on Thursday. They are playing it by ear. It doesn't sound like he'll suit up. And Miles Sanders finally makes his return after a three-week stint. And we'll see what he can do. That is it for the rest of the news. It feels like it's been uh, the entire season Miles Sanders has been sitting out. So that's that's good news. Um, all right. Let's get into some stats. You guys ready? Let's do it. Baldy's just looking at his phone. He's got no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm updating my lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is a good time to do it. In the um, vamp- Vampire League. Uh, I, we, I, we I just checked good... after, uh, after the Damian Harris news. I was like, oh, I should check and see if Sony's coming back. Because if Sony's back... That, that complicates Sony everything. Oh, that is actually a part that I did not write down. My apologies. Sony Michelle is not activated from IR yet. Yeah, they said that he's still feeling better. He Super not, helpful. I'm he doing air not, quotes for you guys that can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> he does not sound like we'll play this Sunday. No. Bummer. That's fine. I mean, it's better for the for fantasy owners, you know, to, I think to so. know what's going to happen. If, if he's activated and healthy, you have no clue what's happening with that backfield. Even less than you usually yep, do. Yep, I would agree with that. Also, another big one, too, I didn't write down my apologies, is Alan Lazard is still dealing with some soreness. Uh, he has returned to practice. However, he has not been activated activated from IR, and they said that they are going to play that week to week. Uh, I really hope that he plays. Cause, so you, remember I told you I did that Godwin trade for uh, Kenyon Drake. Godwin and Justin Jackson, and I included Devin Singletary back for getting Kareem, uh, sorry, Kenyon Drake back. I then just immediately went to my league's waiver wire. I picked up Duke Johnson and Alan Lazard. I was like, what a sweet trade. I have two roster spots. Well, and David Johnson's rolled up. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, now I'm ready to go. There you go. Couple two tray. Couple two tray. Oh, we got a couple guys showing up already. So this is beautiful. Couple shelfies. Ooh, who's, coming, been... who's coming in? This would have been perfect. Uh, it's Yaffrey. We got the oh, Tully sisters Tully's in the building. Tully's. Tully's. Hey. Coming through, hey, giving hey, dabs. Hey, hey, hey. So this is this is where the the trade deadline party is going to be a lot of fun. As we'll have a bunch of different people jumping around, doing a bunch of different things. Telly, that mustache—it's <laughs> oh it's something else. Terrifying. I, it's actually growing on me. To if be you, honest with you, if you feel a tickle in your oh butt when you're sleeping, <laughs> it's Chris's mustache. It's Chris's mustache. <laughs> Um, that is terrifying. My goodness. All right. So <laughs> that will haunt my dreams. As we uh, as we go and start up on the uh, on the trade deadline party that we got going on, let's run through some uh, some stat fun. So last couple of weeks we've been talking about air yards. We've been talking about um, yeah, there you go, that door. Um, and we've been talking about the opportunity that's in front of wide receivers that are deep down the field. Now that can only happen when quarterbacks are throwing the ball down the field. So I have a list of five quarterbacks who lead the league in deep ball attempts. And the definition of deep ball is 20 yards or more in the air. Okay. That list is Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. Shit, I had Deshaun Watson I locked in as my guest. I literally guess. was thinking Josh Allen the whole way. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. Can, can you, you me, order them from uh, most to least? Can you give me that list one more time? Yeah, we're going to have to write that down. So Matt Ryan... Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. All right. Ryan Wentz, Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go uh, starting off, and I will say Rodgers at the top of the list. Pat Mahomes follows him. I'll go Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz. I'm going to go Wentz. 
Rodgers, Mahomes, Ryan, Brady. Okay. It does not appear we're having okay. another guess. Yeah. Okay. So number one in deep balls in the league right now is Tom Brady. Son of a gun. At 49. Aaron yeah. Rodgers comes in number two at 46. Matt Ryan comes in at 44. Carson Wentz comes in at 41. And Pat Mahomes comes in at 38. So Mahomes is the lowest. And Mahomes is the lowest out of the five. Which is funny because I would have figured that that game he threw, what, with 16 balls to Tyree Kill would have kind of moved him up a little bit. Right. Well, and we, I mean, we talked about air yards, uh, you know, not too long ago. And uh, Tyree Kill was up at the top of that list. So, um, okay. So same list of players. Who has the best deep ball completion percentage? No, that's definitely not Brady. I would uh, have to say that's Mahomes. Deep ball completion percentage is obviously going to be Carson Wentz. No, I'm just kidding. It's definitely. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm going Pat Mahomes. Deep ball completion percentage? Yeah, out of the out of Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Tom Aaron Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. It's Matt Ryan. Son of a... So what the f- Matt Ryan is completing 48% of his deep balls that he's thrown... Aaron Rodgers is number two at 46. So not all a huge right, separation right, between right, the two. I knew. And then Tom Brady's at 37%, and Carson Wentz is at 32%. Pat Mahomes is in the middle at 45%. So yeah, Wentz is at the bottom. Yeah, Obviously. it's just... It's, if you count his completion to the other team, though, he's probably right at the top. <laughs> I mean, he's probably up there. It's just funny, because when I look at this between him and Brady, and I see Brady leading the league in deep ball attempts, but lowest you know towards the bottom of these uh five quarterbacks in completion percentage it just means like in same thing with Carson Wentz they're just chucking the ball downfield now here's the next here's the next well, one Wentz, and sh- Wentz is not playing quarterback he is terrible <laughs> well we can we can get into that discussion at a later date but here here's also something to put into context of that so same five quarterbacks. Tom Brady's throwing the most deep ball attempts. Matt Ryan's completing the, the most deep balls. Who who of these five quarterbacks, whose wide receivers are creating the most separation on average? All right. So the question is, which wide receiver is really com- like making up these yards for these quarterbacks? Right. So who's who's getting open deep down the field more often than not? I'm going Pat Mahomes yeah, just because like, go Tyreek Hill gets open by like 40 yards one time. Yeah. And the average got to be up. Pretty yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to go Mahomes in I've, case. I've so. guessed Pat Mahomes on every, everything so far, so I'm just going to stick with it. It's Aaron Rodgers. So, so Aaron Rodgers. wider receivers are like just yeah, Devontae Adams. Devontae. His wide receivers are creating 2.2 yards of separation on every like every throw route, that he's making. So Pat, Mahomes, of, Pat, Pat Mahomes is at 1.9. The reason I, I brought up this Second statistic was because when I'm looking at this and I go, okay, Tom Brady's got the most attempts. He's got a low uh, deep ball completion percentage. His wide receivers are only getting 1.6 yards as separation. His wide receivers just aren't getting open. Well, He's yeah. just chucking them down the field. You know what this perfectly supports is my narrative that Aaron Rodgers isn't that good. He's just got wide receivers that are getting open for him, and he's hitting them. I mean, he's making the throws. I mean, and that's the case that can be had, right? I mean, when we talk about all these stats, I can make take. I can make stats look any any way that you want them to, but you have to start putting them into context. Carson Wentz bottoms out at 1.3 yards. That is actually, like, one of the lowest target separations of the entire league. Especially so his wide you, receivers just can't get open. When you consider that Nikhil Harry is getting three yards of separation per route, <laughs> that's, that's bad. 
I mean, Wait, is he really? Yeah, he's higher than DK Metcalf Jesus and Stephon Christ. Diggs at two point six and two point nine respectively. Why? Why is he so bad then? Because he sucks, Mike. <laughs> no, it's it's because they they say this all the time, right? Right? When you talk about uh, yards of separation per route run or per route targeted, they're always highest if you're on short routes because defenses are going to be like, all right, yeah, catch the, catch the ball five yards in front of me. I don't give a shit. I'm going to tackle you. It's no problem. Fair. So Nikhil Harry does that. He catches a, like a bubble screen, essentially catches the ball and gets lit up. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Three yard separation. We're all really impressed. You got zero yards. He, he <laughs> gets uh, four yards on third and six. Yeah. yeah exactly. Stinks. He stinks. He stinks, Mike. He's no AJ Brown. He's no DK Metcalf. Ooh, He's AJ no Brown. I wanted DK Metcalf. Night, if I was in the draft room, we would have had DK uh, Metcalf. On we would have had Nick Chubb. We would have had DK Metcalf. We would have had Lamar Jackson. Lamar. We would have had all of them. And um, I'd be Madden, Madden Patriots every game. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna move on to the next one. So that's quarterbacks. I and we focused on wide receivers and running backs <laughs> the last couple of weeks. So I figured I'd give some love to quarterbacks. We got some love for tight ends, but it's not much. Okay. Uh, with tight ends, it, it's an interesting thing, and um, there's a there's a metric out there that measures what they call hog rate. So it's targets hmm. per it's targets per snap. So you can have a tight end who's on the field more often than not, either blocking or just a pass catching tight end who comes in, and there's only you know um, you know they they may not be out there blocking. Regardless, you want your tight end to have a high hog rate, right? Where they're getting a lot of, uh, say, some big hogs, okay? So listen, number one in the league is Travis Kelsey at 16%. So 16% of, his, 16% of his snaps, he's getting a target. Darren Waller, 15.7% of his snaps, he's getting a target. Mark Andrews is at five at 13.9%. I need you to name number three and number four. Out of th- this list of of tight ends, Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, T.J. Hawkinson, Evan Ingram, Eric Ebron, Noah Fant, Rob Gronkowski. You expect me to remember that list? <laughs> so I'll re- I'll read it again, and you're gonna say uh, number three and number four. So number one's Travis Kelsey. Number two is Darren Waller. Number five is Mark Andrews. The reason I'm giving you one, two, and five is so that you find the the two in the middle. I'll give you a three. Little bit Hunter more. Henry. Right, so Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry, yeah. Hayden Hurst, Hawkinson. I'm saying three is Hunter Henry. Okay. And then Hayden Hurst is four. Okay. Uh, Evan Ingram is number three, and number four is, I don't know. Um, read me the list again. Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry. Oh, TJ Hawkinson. That's what I wanted to pick. TJ keep, just, keep, just keep going, because I, I don't remember what the bottom was. Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, Evan Ingram, Eric Ebron, Noah Fant, Rob Gronkowski. All right. So first one is Jimmy Graham, number three. And then number four is TJ Hawkinson. Okay. Um, Only one of you guessed this one player. Uh, Evan Ingram comes in at number four Ah. at 13.9%. I'll take it. Number three, Noah Fant. 14% 14% of his snaps, he's getting a target. Oh, boy. So, it, and it's just funny because you sit here and you look at it and you wouldn't think it's Noah Fant, but when Noah Fant's on the field getting snaps, he's getting targets as well. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I thought. I with, do like uh, him. Hawkinson, but. Yeah, so did I. I was like, Hawkinson's got to get a ton of looks, but apparently not. Maybe he plays a lot of snaps. True. I mean, and yeah. this is, this, well. And I, knew, it, I knew it was Ingram because he's gotten a, 30 uh, targets in the last three games. 
This is right. True. Right. So I mean, that's that's obviously going to go up, but at least it gives it some context. It, it weights it towards those tight ends that because you can't just look at targets per game or, or opportunity share because if they're not on the field, they're not getting them. Um, all right. The last the last little bit we have was I asked Scotty Craig and Dow's to give me two wide receivers, and they basically created a wide receiver team, and they're going to stack up in the next four. So we got Tully and Jeff kind of walking in and out if you hear some background noise, but it is what it is. Um, so, Baldy, you'll, you'll be Team Scotty. Okay. So, Team Baldy, yep. you have Wolf Fuller and Robert Woods. Okay. Those are your wide receivers. Okay. Dows, you took T. Higgins and Jerry Judy. Building youth. And Craig, you took Cooper Cup and Jarvis Landry. Now I gave them. I didn't want like this. I'm not like choosing these wide receivers. I just wanted no. to know the difference between the two because I feel like they're very similar. So it's it's this was Craig's just we're really... gonna have to go outside and play football with these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, I'm really hoping. <laughs> Tom's actually got him in the garage. We're gonna go play a little three on three. Turn him in shit. Um, and and there was no context behind this. I said just give me any two. Um, and I was just shocked. Nobody picked like Julio and, and like Devonte and high tier guys. But I think this is this is fun because these are kind of tweener guys or guys that most aren't looking at as elite. Now we talk about air yards between your teams. Which team do you think has the highest combined air yards? Uh, Mine. So who are yours again? So Baldy Fuller had- and Woods. Yeah, I would probably say that. Okay. Who'd you have again? I had Cooper Cup and Jarvis Landry. So definitely not you. I'm yeah, gonna take myself. I want. I want myself. You have it's, T Higgins and T Higgins, Jerry, and Jerry Judy. Judy. It's it's Dows. Yeah. So that was shocking to wow. me. Well, I think that, it's because Robert Woods takes a lot of those sweet passes, so that drives his target down. You know, to one. Well, game. Judy Robert, had Judy had that one game. He had like two for seventy three. Almost yeah. all of T Higgins' catches are beyond twenty yards. Well, we talked about the Bengals before. They're all deep targets. Right. So it, it's actually Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy leads this list in air yards. Wow. Out of these six yeah, players, that. Jerry Judy has 844 air yards, catching 40% of those. Too bad he doesn't get enough points to lead me any games. Yeah, because he catches three balls a game. They're just <laughs> all for 30 yards. <laughs> Will Fuller was number two at, at 705. That makes Will sense. Fuller catching an elite 63% of his of his uh, air yards, which was which was shocking. And, Craig, you came in last. So, Dows, well, Baldy, was... Craiger. Um, I promise you win one of these. I know it's targets. Um, <laughs> whose team has the highest average target separation? Target separation? Yeah. So what two wide receivers mm. combined are getting the most separation? Oh, that's definitely me. What, what do you got again? Uh, cup and Cup who? and Landry. Yeah. It goes off of the same point that Dow's just made about how if you're like Nikhil Harry and if he's taking short routes, then he's going to be three yards away. It's a great point, but I'm going to go ahead and take Baldy. I'm going to take my team as well because Woods and, and Fuller gets big separation downfield. Fuller's king of separation. Downfield. So it's Craig. Son of a bitch. Ah, so, he made a lot of good points. I just wanted to, I'd like to agree with Craig. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, avoid it. both Cup and, and Landry are both getting uh, about 1.7 yards of separation uh, per target. Uh, Baldy, you came in pretty close behind at 1.69. Fuller getting 1.83 yards of uh, separation per target. Um, Robert Woods got 1.56. T. Higgins, a yard. Yeah. Of separation. It doesn't yeah, matter. He's he doesn't need space. Everything to him is a jump ball. It, it's go up and get it. It, it was just crazy to see that. Um, 
Okay, so we have two more. Um, one of these was a burn rate. So we're talking about separation, average yards uh, separation. Burn rate is described as a wide receiver who gets five or more yards on uh, separation per uh, target, right? So every time they've they've exceeded five yards of separation and gotten a target, this would be counted as a burn. They are very loud outside. Yeah, I texted are. them as we speak. Um, <laughs> okay, so... It doesn't even help. I, I don't even know what they're yelling about, but we're gonna we're gonna power Heard through syphilis, this. I uh, thought. Yeah, we'll, we'll power through. Oh, yeah, you guys want to be just a little quieter? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Fucking go to the front of the house. Wake Jack up, Billy. <laughs> um, so whose team has the highest burn rate? Again, Team Baldy is Will Fuller, Robert Woods, Team Craig Cooper, Cup, Jarvis Landry, Team Dows, T Higgins, and Jerry Judy. Burn rate defined as targets with five or more yards of separation. I'm going to go with Dows. Um, I'm going to go with your team. Woods in uh, process of elimination. You haven't won one yet. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's all tailored. I'm going to take myself again. I think it's Dows, so. though. It's, it's Baldy. By, <laughs> like, Everybody's a very win. large margin. So, Will Fuller, um, 5.8% of his targets, he's five yards or more. Here, here is here's the player that just shows how bad Jared Goff is. Robert Woods is in an elite status. I mean, when I'm looking at at the entire league as a whole, Robert Woods is up in the top ten. Seven point four percent of his targets, he had five or more yards of separation. He's bottom in the league in in total air yards, which means Goff is just watching Robert Woods run five yards away from the cornerback and not throwing him the football. Because in the back of his mind, he's like, I don't know that I can make this throw. <laughs> <laughs> like, overthrowing, underthrowing, it's just, it speaks volumes about how terrible Jared Goff is. T. Higgins, zero burn rate. None. Not none. surprised. Not a single target over five yards. Um, Jerry Judy was at 4.9%. Craig, neither of your players got over 2% burn rate. <laughs> okay, last one. Which team has the most drops? Oh, mine. Absolutely uh, mine. Yeah, Cooper Cup and Travis Landry. dropped a ton this year. Uh, I'm going with Craig's, yeah. Sure. I yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Yeah, Craig, Craig's team has 10 drops. Cup, Cup has five, Landry has five. This is, and this is important I stuff to know. I Landry. Right. I mean, and very that's, important that's to know why, how that's bad why, they've done this year. That's why I was... I was I was like, at the same time, I was like, I'm surprised I said pick any two wide receivers in the entire league that you that you wanted. And, so I but thought, I was glad you guys picked, like, middling wide receivers because Cup's got five drops, Landry has five, Full, uh, Judy's got four, Fuller's got three, Robert Woods has two, T. Higgins has zero. It's my dog. So, I mean, that's... Interesting, interesting numbers for T. Higgins. No separation, doesn't drop Nothing. anything. Yeah. So that means all of his passes with his separation as one yards, all of his passes are jump balls, and he's winning every single one of them, or 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 like he's he, he's not dropping one. So yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see T Higgins because I would have expected him to be running down the field more often and creating more separation, but it, it doesn't appear that's the way they're using him. I was whatever they're doing, they're doing something right. The 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 biggest eye opener was Robert Woods. Robert Woods flying down the field open. Goff can't hit him. Oh yeah, I mean, it's eye opening about Jared Goff's. I don't know ineffectiveness as a quarterback. He sucks. 
It's terrible. Yeah. That's why I hate the Rams wide receivers. I And I can't believe I got two out of all the wide receivers. We got both of them. <laughs> Gross. All right, we're going to move on to start and sits. Baldy, you get your list of start and sits in front of you? Yep. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to read off Scotty's. So Scotty's starting Jarek McKinnon this week. Um, I believe you might have the wrong list. He is starting J.D. Oh, McKissick. J.D. McKissick. Excuse me. I hate both of them. But anyway, <laughs> J.D. McKissick actually has a pretty decent matchup uh, versus Detroit. However, I'll, I'll just move over to mine. Juju is my start of the week. Um, we kind of touched on this, and I have him. Uh, we we talked about him as a buy low. Um, Juju, you know, people are saying he, he's been terrible because he hasn't been the top eight wide receiver that people expected him to be. But he's he's a he's a mid range wide receiver too, and he's that mo- more often than not. And you'll see in my in my write up. But the the biggest thing that stands out with Juju to me is that he's on the field more than Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool is, and Deontay Johnson's actually out this week, so it bodes well for Juju to sit there and and get a bunch of targets. Um, and if you actually watch the Pittsburgh game, Big Ben's looking Juju's way for first downs, which, in my opinion, is a massive thing to have that trust in in your quarterback. Um, I also have Big Ben as a start. Actually, I think I'm starting Eric Ebron, too. I'm starting all the Steelers. There's no <laughs> Falcons to pick on this week, so I'm, I'm picking on the Bengals. Um, Craig? All right, so mine is Zach Moss. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and Arizona Cardinals are going to be going at it. And I expect this to be pretty high scoring game. Zach Moss has had the majority of the passing game work. Um, the game itself is at a 56 and a half over under. So I would expect him to be on the field a little bit more often on top of the fact that you can tell the last couple of weeks, he is starting to become the one a to Singletary's one B. And at that point too, you got to look at the Arizona Cardinals rushing game. If, if Moss is going to be getting any of that work as well, uh, which he will. Uh, I believe, you know, the split is somewhere around 50-50 on the ground, but uh, he will still get that, and Arizona is bottom 10 in the league against the run. So I would expect a pretty good game against the Arizona Cardinals, whereas last week he got double-digit points as well. Interesting, interesting. I have another running back that I'm starting this week. His name's Kalen Balaj. Maybe you've heard of him. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Kalen Garbage. Oh, there you go. And yeah, he's uh, he's been pretty garbage for most of his career. But last week, fifteen uh, carries, sixty nine yards, nice, and a touchdown. He ended up with like fifteen fantasy points. I'll take that all day long. Plus, we had Justin Jackson just get ruled out. Troy Mayne Pope is coming back, and that is problematic for his production. I don't want to say it's troubling because I don't think it's troubling. I think Anthony Lynn will happily ride Bellage as not an every down back, but early down work, and then kind of let Troy Mayne come in as a change of pace receiving back. Um, I mean, my, the main motivation, obviously, to choose Balazs is just to make Tom puke his face off. But it's always fun to pick a running back who has the potential to be a starter. And, I mean, that makes him an easier matchup uh, or, an, or an easier pick even in an unfavorable matchup against the Chargers who are, you know, middle of the pack against the run. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. But if he finds the end zone, which he's more than capable of doing, he's a solid start this week. Yeah, I kind of went with more of a star. But I think Keenan Allen's going to have a huge game this week. Um I mean, he's a start probably every week, but still, I think he's going to be scoring upwards of potentially 25 points this week, potentially a couple touchdowns. Uh, it's That's a couple, couple two-trade TDs. I think. I mean, I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Um, you know, Chargers score a lot of points on the road. Um, every single one of their games over the last five has been upwards of 60 points total. Um, there's going to be a lot of points to be had, so I think Keenan Allen's going to have a big day. 
And that is that that matchup's going to be on the uh, book burners. Yeah, right? that's a teaser for the burners, baby. So so after we go through start and sits, we'll go through the the burner picks. Yeah, that works. Um. All right. So Scotty has David Montgomery as a sit. Um, and, uh, I, I hate David Montgomery. I think most of us don't like David Montgomery. It's even easier if he sits out with a concussion. The, uh, <laughs> oh yes, very true. Um, eye opening statistic about David Montgomery in the offensive and defensive line article that Dow's wrote, he's getting nothing from his line. Point, so it's point nine yards of uh, right. football before contact. Right. It's, it's, ju- it's a joke to say a running back can't go one yard. Without getting hit. Yeah, he's getting hit at the line of scrimmage. He's getting hit at the line of scrimmage every time. The he's front of the ball. his body is crossing the line of scrimmage. The back of his body is still touching it, and he's getting hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as much as we hate David Johnson, Montgomery. this might not. Uh, da- da- well, you know what? I kind of no, hate David yeah, Johnson like this year. Um, David Montgomery. It's not exactly his fault. Um, I'm sitting Jacoby Myers, and one of the reasons I'm sitting Jacoby one, he he was a hot waiver wire pickup. I think a lot of people looked at him and said he's the number one. Receiver for the Pats. I can start him. This is great. Um, <laughs> the Ravens have only allowed four TDs to wide receivers this year, and Cam Newton's only thrown two passing touchdowns this year. Yeah, so, no, yeah. those two stats <laughs> put it's next not to each good. other. No. It's not good, Mike. <laughs> He's a bump. Um, it's uh, it, at some point somebody from from. Uh, the sports hub hears this, they're going to be like, okay, Corey Dows just yells out Mike Felger's name. <laughs> Felger! You know what, Felger? I mean, he sucks. Uh, He's never so been yeah. good. So if you picked up Myers, you you picked him up. I really don't know when you're going to have confidence to start him. I certainly don't have confidence in him this week to sit uh, to start him. So I'm sitting him. Craig, you're starting. A, you're sitting another guy. Yes, I'm sitting a uh, running back, Ronald Jones, the second. Uh, I think this is pretty much it for him as long as Leonard Fournette stays healthy. It's going to be his job going forward. This is more of a, a, a positive note for Fournette than it is anything against Jones. Jones has filled in admir- admirably uh, while he, you know, jo- uh, Fournette has been out. Um, but realistically, the Bucks don't even run it that much. They, they rushed it four times last week. They do need to get something going. I think that they will. Um, and, and Jones will still be used you know it's not like he's he's going away uh but Fournette's going to be the guy that's getting the work in the passing game and that seems to be the the main point uh that the Bucks want to focus on uh especially against the Carolina Panthers I think that this is going to be something where they're they're going to try and pass the Tom Brady feels like he's got something to prove so you know we'll 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 see um I just don't have that much faith in a guy that's not getting the receiving work or the goal line work because Fournette's been getting that as well so you're really only looking at rushing yards for Ronald Jones Maybe, you know, two receptions here or there. Uh, but realistically, I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty good matchup itself against the Panthers. And Fournette's really going to take it over. Yeah, I got another guy who I'm sitting uh, mostly on his matchup this week. It's Adam Thielen as he plays the Chicago Bears, one of the top-ranked passing defenses in the league. And Thielen has shown up a, a lot of times this season, actually most of the time. But there are games where he's disappeared, and all of those times have been the times the Vikings have played uh, top-tier pass defenses. This week, again, Chicago, second-best pass defense in the league, which just leads me to believe that Thielen is going to struggle again. You add in the fact that Dalvin Cook's been killing it, and the coaches can just say, let's turn and hand it to Dalvin. Why bother trying to throw the ball with Kirk Cousins when he's been excelling as a game manager instead of the deep ball thrower that he has had to be for past seasons and past games without Dalvin Cook? So I'm sitting at him, Thielen. I don't think he has a great game. 
uh, then that's that's really it. Uh, Paul, do you want to take your last one? Yeah, I'm sitting Damian Harris this week. I just think it's a tough matchup for him. He got hurt last week. I think he's going to play. Um, but I just even if he was fully healthy, I just don't see it as a good matchup. The Ravens are really stout against the run. And the Pats suck, so um, <laughs> there is that. you know, unless he's playing the Jets and ripping off like fifteen for seventy-five, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm staying away from Damian Harris this week, unfortunately, because he's on my team. I wish <laughs> you did that last week. You oh know, yeah, I'm playing. Uh, you know, it was more. It <laughs> that, was more. It's more McKinnon's TD with four seconds left in the game that that got me that one. Yeah, sure. That stat correction never came. <laughs> still waiting. On no, it. he's still, still waiting, waiting on, on it. Point oh two, um, baby. Do you uh, did you end up picking a sleeper of the week? Yep, well, I got a sleeper. All right, so we'll run through them real quick. We'll just say who they are. We don't really need to go anything, and then we'll end on Baldy, and then you can just jump into your into okay. your burner picks. So, yeah. Um, Scotty's sleeping on Anthony Miller sleeping this week. <laughs> He's sleeping with him. He, Scotty's been sleeping with Anthony Miller for a while, for years. Oh yeah, with yes, yeah, with exactly. Another um, big hog guy. He's a big hog. Big hog. Big hog. Good, good in, hog rate on that guy. In terms of the stat, he's probably got a terrible hog rate. <laughs> you never know. I'll go look it up. Yeah, Darnold Mooney probably <laughs> has a better hog Scott, rate. Scotty will never let him go if he's got a big hog. <laughs> um, I'm I'm sleeping on Matt Breida this week because eventually, at some point, the, he's got to do something, I think. Uh, so, Craig? Well, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, mine is, uh, Troy main Pope. Uh, and, and I think with what has gone in the, on in this backfield, it's really, I, I feel my most confident in Pope and I'll tell you why, because he's been there since the beginning of the season. He's, he was on their practice squad for most part of the year. Um, you know, even through training camp and, uh, outside of him, Joshua Kelly was there, but Kalen Balazs is someone that just kind of came in. Um, and he did fill in fine, no big deal, but Pope was out with a concussion and then uh, Justin Jackson was out pretty quickly in that game, and he's going to be out again. So Pope is someone that I feel is closest to what Austin Eckler brings to the table for this team where he can receive the ball. You couldn't really see much of that from Kelly. Uh, Kelly's been called out by Anthony Lynn the last two weeks for being either lazy or, or not trying hard. And then, um, you know, I don't really see Kalen Balaj catching the ball. We've we've all seen the uh, the YouTube clip of him ducking when the ball comes his way. So, <laughs> so I, I think that that's something that that uh, Herbert can rely upon, uh, especially in a game where uh, even Baldy had mentioned it earlier. You know, they they put up a lot of points when they're on the road, and I, I think that that continue. Um, and in order to do that, they definitely need to get Herbert going in the passing game, and I think Pope will be on the field most most part for that reason. Alrighty, and I get a sleeper for you. It's Nelson, Nelly, and the St. Lunatics, Aguilar coming at you. Uh, he is really taking the same usage that rookie Henry Ruggs is seeing and actually turning it into solid production week in and week out, and he's been finding the end zone the past few games. So if you're going to take a flyer on somebody who has potential upside, take the guy who's consistently finding the end zone and taking big chunks of yardage all at one time. He might be the easiest sleeper of the week between who you guys have picked versus who I've picked, but I'm rolling with it. Well, I'm going to go with KJ Lay the Hamler. Uh, he got 12 targets last week. He is showing a spot in that offense and showing that he belongs in the league, and I think uh, he's potentially could have another big game. And, you know, if you're in a PPR league, then that could be pretty good. So we'll, we'll sleep on KJ Hamler, and we'll see what happens. So we got a burner on the pod today, and so I figured I'd bring my picks along. 
for me and Mahoney, fresh out of heart surgery. He's doing very well. Yeah, shout out Mahoney. Hope you're doing well, kid. Good, yeah, good he, to know. He's yep. doing well. He Quick got recovery, a, bud. He got a a valve replaced in his in his heart. So uh, and he still got his picks in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he got his picks in. He watched the. He's watching the Masters. Said the greens look fuzzy. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But <laughs> have your doctor check your eyes, yeah, Mahoney. Yeah, it might not be the greens. Might be. Oh, might, whoops. Might be the <laughs> morphine the or something. I'm not sure, but um. <laughs> So we got some picks for you. So uh, lock of the week, it went in line with uh, one of my starts of the week, which was Keenan Allen. Um, my lock of the week is the L.A. Chargers and Miami Dolphins over 48 and a half points. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. So Miami right now this year is averaging 26 points per game at home. Uh, they're averaging over the last two games 31 points per game with Tua. The Chargers, they're uh, averaging 31 points per game on the road with Herbert, even though they lost all three of those games somehow. Um, and they're like, I think overall, because they lost 16 to 13 week one with, uh, you know, Tyrod. 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 Tyrod Taylor. Um, they're still upwards of, you know, 28 points per game. So w- with Herbert, they're in the 30s. I see this being a high scoring game. I don't know who the hell is going to win. I, I kind of like Miami, honestly. I like minus one and a half to win that game. Uh, I think they're minus 125 in the money line as well. But I, I love the over in that game. Uh, Miami's hit the hit, hit over 48 and a half points in, their last, in three of their last five games. And the Chargers, five of the last five games, hit over 40 and a, eight and a half points. So looking at a potential 80% chance of that hitting. So lock that in. Bet the mortgage on it. <laughs> Whoa. I always do. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of good points. The problem is I've been the mortgage on like four games at a time. Yeah. So, uh, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, maybe we'll get another stimulus. You can drop yeah. it all on DraftKings or something. Shout out. Give me <laughs> but a if you win, <laughs> yeah. then you're good. Remember us. Remember us. So spread play and uh, odds play. I got two of them for you guys. So um, I don't know which one to, to say is is the one to go with. So we'll give you them both. I love the Giants at plus three and a half points today or, uh, on Sunday at home against Philly. All four division games so far that the Giants have played have resulted in a score of differential of three points or less. Um, obviously, it was a one-point game against Philly uh, in Philly a couple weeks ago. Miles Sanders is back, but the Giants hang tough. They, they shut down Zeke, and they had a um, – well, they didn't really shut him down, but they still scored points and hung with him. So it was a three-point game there. I think it was 37-34 against Dallas and – They've shown they can hang with a big running back. So we, I like the Giants plus three and a half. I also like Arizona minus two and a half this week. Um, I think it's a bigger game for Arizona. I know the Buffalo's hot right now. Um, but it seems like a, a trap game for Buffalo in a way. Um, you know, Arizona's averaging 30 points per game at home, um, 31 points per game over their last five games. Buffalo's at 24 points per game on the road this season. And same over the last five, actually, averaged out 24 points per game. Um, you know, take those differentials. You're looking at, you know, a six point, seven point differential. I like Arizona at home. I think it's a bigger, bigger game for them. Uh, so Arizona minus two and a half. We got two odds plays again. Uh, I like the Giants. Giants are laying plus one sixty five at home against Philly. I even with Miles Sanders, I just don't think Philly's very good. Um, I just don't see them. You know, well, we, you know, the the funny thing with the with the Giants, I feel like, is we've seen them suck all year, except for when they've played divisional opponents or they've had to play far up to, to competition. Like, you talk about how Arizona and Buffalo is a trap game. Yeah. This could very well be a trap game for the Eagles. Like, you can't walk in here thinking you got you got the answers. I, I mean, I, I almost see it as like a uh, 
like the biggest game of the season for these two teams, you oh, know, yeah. and, and, be, and, yeah. and the giant, I mean, the, you're Girls. looking at a team, that it's, it's terrible to say that because <laughs> Philly's three, four and one, the giants are two and seven, but I mean, the, the giants win that game. They're three and seven, Philly's three and five, and they get the tiebreaker in that game. <laughs> three right? and seven. And they're in the friggin' driver's I mean, seat and, for and, the and NFC. I can't, I can't. And, and, and I mean, the giants, the giants got to be feeling pretty good against themselves. I mean, even, even though they, they lost to Tampa Bay, they, that was like a three, four point game. I mean, right. Oh yeah, and they they should they, they they were ten and a half dogs. I took Tampa all day in that. I mean, that, and their I, struggles I couldn't believe have come it. on offense almost exclusively. Their right. defense has been fine. Yeah, so they go in and lock up Philly on defense, and then they can maybe do something against a subpar Philly defense. You get a shot. Tampa's yeah, defense I, is at least good. Yeah, supposed to be. Good. I mean, I mean, Wentz is going to turn the ball over minimum one time, right? I mean, it's just yeah. it, it, it's a. He turned. It's a, it's a guarantee. He threw I mean, two picks against Dallas. He had the same stats as Danucci. I wish, he, he I wish we had a twice pro- in that game too. I mean, I wish we had a prop bet on that. It was, was the over under on Wentz turnovers. Hammer I mean, the over. Oh my god! That, I mean, the over of two and a half is probably minus three fifty. It's ter- probably terrible odds. So, I mean, I like the Giants plus one sixty five. I think is a really favorable line. Um, and then I like Seattle. I, you know, C- Seattle. It, I always like Seattle, but um, Seattle's plus one hundred six. I mean, if anytime you can get Seattle at at, at plus. Anything odds, I think you got to look at it. You know, Seattle's and uh, the Rams are both coming off losses, right? I think Seattle's a better team. I think offensively they're a better team. I think in the regular season, offenses generally went out over defenses. Um, Seattle's lost two straight on the road, and they haven't lost two straight, um, or they've lost two straight on the road a few times. But in the Russell Wilson error, um, they haven't lost three straight many many times. Um, They've only done it twice, 2015 and 2012 is rookie year. Um, they've, they're five and two, I think in, in overall, um, in the, in those third games after two road losses, a third game on the road after two straight road losses. So I think Seattle's got a really good chance to win. Um, and at plus one Oh six, I'll, I'll take that all day. Um, and then we got, we'll parlay. So, uh, we're parlaying three teams this week. We're going to do the Tampa Bay money line. It's minus two forty. They're playing Carolina. I beat them 31, 17 last time. They just got, you know, Tampa Bay just got embarrassed. They're, they're going to win that game. Like, let's be honest. Tom Brady's going to win that game. Let, let, let's not take any points, but let's just lay the money line. Uh, I'm taking the uh, – again, we're going to parlay that with the over of 48.5 of Miami because that should be a lock. And then I got the Seattle money line. I think that, that's the risky one. But, I, again, I think Seattle's going to win that football game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's plus 459 odds. I mean, you bet 100 bucks, you're going to win close to $500. You know, take home $459. So – um, those are the locks of the week for the burners and, uh, we'll see how it goes. Heck yeah. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. No, that was great. Yeah, I actually think are... I, I'm going to cut out that 10 minutes and isolate it. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep it a part of this, but that 10, that was, that was a, that was a good 10 minutes. Um, sure you haven't done this before. <laughs> I, need to, uh, I need to ask you though, because we've talked about bets before and, and yeah. Dows has told us some of the struggles. Would you advise doing a 10 team parlay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting uh, for the bookers to come out with the 10 team so you know how to bet. So, it, it was just funny. I remember Dallas was like, yeah, I did a 10, so 10 it's, it's team funny. parlay. You know, you know it's funny. Um, I don't do like big time parlays. The only, the only like real big parlays I ever do is like in soccer or something like that. And like I'll do like a five team parlay, but I put like five bucks on it, dude. You sure. put like you do like a five team parlay in soccer, you put five bucks on it. The odds are like plus 1500, right? Because like it, it's not like minus 350 for a winner, right? It's like okay. it, it's, it's not the odds are different. So. Um, I mean, in some cases it is, but no NFL, like 10 team parlay. If you hit it, I had a hundred bucks, dude. I, would have I know. I mean, that's like, you might as well do like, I missed by one game. Fucking. Yeah. And did the, you really? It was the Falcons blowing it to the bears in the fourth quarter. A 10 team parlay. You missed by one yeah, game. I'm sitting at, I'm sitting in, uh, and what did that cash out? 
it would have been ten five, like ten ten thousand four hundred some bucks. Wow! And I'm sitting in Malden playing a baseball game, and I can't cash out. The Falcons are like gonna lose this game. There's two minutes left, and they're yeah. giving me a cash out option at like I forget what it was. It was like nine hundred bucks, and I'm like trying to hammer it, but I'm in Massachusetts, yeah. so I can't do it. Yeah, drive. I finish the game. I hop in the truck. I'm going like hundred and thirty on the highway yeah. trying to get back to Mass. Didn't hit Me- meanwhile, DraftKings HQ is like 20 minutes down the road. Right, literally. In Boston. It's so stupid. I was like, can you just like, I don't know. Yeah. Give me my fucking cash out at 900. I would have made 800 bucks on a nine-team accurate, one-team loss. Oh, so pissed. Yeah. I, I-, I would say, hey, I-, I enjoy 10-team parlays, but I would say in all honesty, like if you're trying to actually, you know, you want to win some money and you're going to bet some some money. Um, it's a low percentage. Play. I, I wouldn't do anything so, more than a two or a three team parlay. And that, and that has locks. And I mean, we did a three team parlay earlier this year that we thought was a, a, a surefire lock. And uh, the team that lost was San Fran. They got blown out by Miami at home. They're like, yep. yeah, who the hell saw that coming. You know, the NFL is quirky, man. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I learned the hard way that uh, when they say player prop total TDs, that's rushing or receiving. Yeah. So don't bet $25 on Ryan Fitzmagic scoring two total TDs because uh, that's uh, that's not including his passing touchdowns. Yeah, don't, don't bet on him. Well, those are Antonio probably pretty Bryant. good. You put $25, uh, $25 on that where you were like, oh my God. He's I, I was like, I, I thought it was you passing, got, passing so, TDs. So, so some I, of those, I bet it and then asked the question. I was like, I should ask the question then bet it. Yeah, but you can get tripped up. Like I, I've, I've got tripped up a few times where I bet something because I thought they were great odds and then it says, uh, you know, if, if, if no team scores, let's say, uh, up to a certain amount of points, it's considered a tie, and a tie is an option to bet, which I didn't know, and so I ended up losing this, you know. So mm. it happens. Um, you know, it is, right. it is what it is. All right. Well, I hope Mahoney has a quick recovery, and I yeah, hope me you too. win him some, some money this week. Well, I'm not going to um, bet anything for him, but I hope I win some well, money. This well, week. you know what I mean. You, you and him put him He's together. still in our survivor pool. Uh, he is. 15 grand looking at it. Oh, good for him. That's yeah, awesome. Him, him and I have been uh, consulting a little bit on that. He's doing a really good job with that. Yeah. yeah he's, you, got, he's got so, solid picks left, too. He so does have solid. S- he, he picked... I'll, well, okay, you guys were screaming outside. I'll, right. I'll give. And the funny thing is, none of you are that funny, so I don't know what the fuck you're laughing at. <laughs> Mersh's so, jacket. Yeah, Mersh's Mersh's Pepperell Mills jacket. Yeah, okay, well, that's, that's a dope jacket. So, so this is this is the part uh, where we end it. But I, I'm gonna, I want to set the stage for for the next podcast. Is you heard everybody in the background? We have a bunch of our league mates here. All in one room from now until probably, I don't know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. However late this ends up going. Trade deadline party. Having a trade deadline party. So we will put out a podcast of what you should be expecting, the conversations that you should be having leading into trade deadline. You don't win your league at the draft. You win it. Yeah, I mean, and, you, this is this is where you're gonna win. Your and league. maybe you'll get some slick negotiation tactics. Maybe you'll get some ideas of people you should trade for. And, maybe you'll get and, a lot of yelling between and a lot you'll of drunk get, fools. Yeah. You'll also yes. get perfect examples of trade frustration from people. Some of them in this room that you're gonna go. Shit, man, would you stop offering me that shit? Speak yeah, of exactly. the devil. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Mango walks in the door right there on cue. Are your ears burning? All right, listen, All right, boys. We're gonna we're gonna trade partners. We're gonna wrap this up. TopShelfFantasy.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TopShelfFNTSY. We got the book burner picks up on Twitter. Hammer the over. Hammer the over. Hammer the over, baby. All right, we're gonna end it there. Shelfies, stay fluid, stay loose. Later. Top Shelf Fantasy.
Stay fluid. Stay